season of rebuilding at Grace Cove. Isn't that cool? So this morning is my privilege to begin a new series. So uh, I'll be the opening batsman and uh, I'll make a quick single and then I'll run for the change rooms. Colette uh, literally after the t- after church, I'm going to change and we're going to head for the airport. And uh, But we're talking about the king and his kingdom. Someone said this, the kingdom of God does not exist because of your effort or mine. It exists because God reigns. Our part is to enter this kingdom and to bring our life under his sovereign will. St. Augustine of Hippo, who lived in the 4th century, when a person is renewed from day to day by growing in the knowledge of God, in righteousness and in the sanctity of truth, that person transfers its love from things temporary, temporal, to things eternal, from things visible to things intelligible, from things carnal to things spiritual. I want to say to you this morning that in the heart of every human being, there is a throne. Now, please forgive me, this is as good as we've got. In the heart of an in, an every individual, there is a throne. And there is only room for one king to sit on that throne. And it's up to you and I, to each person, to decide who that will be. Will I be king? Or will it be another? And will that other be Jesus? Or will I remain on the throne? I remember in, in high school, we were part of the uh, King and I, the, the musical. And uh, there's this scene where the uh, the Asian king, you uh, normal people weren't allowed to have their heads higher than the king. Yeah? And so there's this scene where they import a, a Western uh, a lady to come and look after the children. And uh, he kind of then sits down and she doesn't realize and everyone sort of gets getting lower and lower. Eventually they're lying on their stomachs because he's sitting on the floor. And uh, because of the, the, the great understanding of authority and nobility of a king. And so you couldn't even have your head higher than a king. So I'm going to ask quickly... Uh, uh, what's your name? <laughs> Alex and Martin. Al- uh, Alex, will you come sit there, please? There we go. You're going to be our beautiful uh, model today. So there you go. On the throne, in our hearts, there's room for one. Martin, you come join us. Now, each person has to decide, will we remain on the throne of our lives? Well, King I, not the king and I, King I remain on the throne. Or will we abdicate the throne? Will we be under new management? You know the signs in the shops? Under new management, will we let someone else take the authority that we have? Will we abdicate the authority to Jesus? Now the challenge is sometimes we try and sit with... Okay. Got to pick my words carefully. This is church. We try and sit with kind of a half a seat on the throne and we say, there you go. You can have this corner. Can you guys try that? It's going to look really silly and it's on purpose. It's on purpose. Uh, yeah, look at that. Eh? You can see they've been married a long time. So, I mean, on the one hand, it looks pretty cozy, but I know it's uncomfortable. <laughs> 
But doesn't it look ridiculous? Hey, we're all going, oh, sweet. But actually, poor old, poor old Martin's got a sore in his, um, in his blessed assurance. And um, because it doesn't work, does it? How long could you continue sitting like that? Hey, about three seconds. Yeah. There you go. You see, he's read the end of the book. I like it. Whoa. <laughs> you guys are doing so well. Friends, I want you to understand. Thanks, guys. Sometimes we come towards Jesus and we say, oh, yeah, I realize you're the king. I realize you're the God of all creation. So here, let me make some room for you. I'll introduce you. I'll welcome you through the front door and you can sit in the formal lounge if you still have one of those. Yeah? I remember growing up, my folks had a formal lounge where the couches were uncomfortable. And then we had a TV lounge where you could kind of put your feet up and, and relax. And you knew when a person was a real friend, they got into the TV lounge. If they were just visitors, they'd go into the formal lounge. And so sometimes we invite Jesus. We say, okay, Jesus, come be part of my life into the formal lounge with you, please. Sit up straight. Can I offer you tea with a saucer? Yeah? And we try and accommodate Jesus and we add him to our lives. And actually it's ridiculous. It, it makes no more sense than when you saw the two of them trying to squeeze into one chair. I want to ask you this morning, how's the throne in your heart? Because each one of us has a throne in our heart and there's room for only one. And Jesus can only come and sit on that throne if you and I ask him, number one. And number two, if we abdicate the leadership of our lives in service of Jesus Christ. Tyron Daniel at our National Elders this last week, he said, Jesus didn't build his church until they had a revelation of who he is. He says to Peter, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He realized who this Jesus was. Not just some guy, but a king who deserves to be seated on a throne. And Jesus said, Peter, this hasn't been revealed to you by human flesh, but by my Father in heaven. In other words, it's a spiritual understanding, a transition that happens on the inside. And he says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Now, Peter is not the rock. The language there is two different. Peter's small stone. The word rock is big rock. Different word. And it's on the revelation of who Jesus is that Jesus builds his church. You notice Jesus didn't inaugurate the church until people saw him clearly. I want to suggest to you this morning that Jesus can't come in and lead our lives, be the king of our lives, if our eyes aren't open to who he is. Tyron Daniel said the Holy Spirit didn't come. Jesus didn't leave the Holy Spirit until he was glorified. Isn't it amazing? So they saw Jesus for who he was. He was crucified. He was resurrected from the dead. They saw him in the upper room when he got through when the doors was locked. They looked and they, uh, he said to uh, uh, Thomas, yes, yeah, see the, the wounds in my, my body. See, it's really me. Glorify Jesus. And then he leaves. He ascends to, the, to heaven to the Father and he leaves the Holy Spirit. Our view of Jesus determines everything. Our view of mission is determined by Jesus. And our mission determines our view of the church and how we build our lives. Because the way we see is the way we walk, right? 
Sometimes we think that the church is the goal of mission. The church is the goal of mission. No, no, no. I want to say the church is the agent of mission. Grace Cove, the best kept secret in town. That means we need to adjust the way we see the mission Jesus has given us. The mission is not to get people to come to us. The mission is we, the church, are sent to the world. That's the mission. Luke chapter 2 verse 11 It says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It's an important little scripture. Today in the town of David, speaking of the prophecy from the Old Testament, in other words, that this this is um, not human um, uh, making, a Savior has been born. A Savior has been born. For much of our lives, we lived on the south coast. We were those people who hated people that lived where you and I live. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about this morning, other than the king having to me move off the throne and let the king. They came up after a few months of, of uh, being born again and loving Jesus. <laughs> this might seem funny to you. I had to have a real c- another come to Jesus moment because I was... One of those guys who hated the people that came on holiday and filled up our town and drove on our streets and swam where we wanted to surf and took up our space. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it's on our country has history, right? For me, it, was, it wasn't even about who these people were. These outsiders didn't belong in my town. I felt like God took me to a crossroad and said, Craig, unless you soften your heart here. Unless you allow these kinds of people to come into your heart, how can you feel my heart? It's all about the king taking his place on the throne. So Colette and I grew up on the south coast. We know all about being in the sea. Spent hours in the water. And there were always those volleys that would come. They didn't know how the water worked. They hadn't swum since last Christmas holiday. You could see it because of the tan. Huh? You, you knew. You knew. They'd paid all those toll fees. They were going to make the most of the, the, the holiday in Margate. If you've been around a while, Orkney Snorkley, we saw that every Christmas. I'm telling you, God had a working heart. <laughs> the only guys worse than the volleys were the guys from the free set, and I was born there, so I can talk about that, is they would come with their trailers. They would, wouldn't even buy from our shops. They'd bring their meat with them. I'm having fun now, and I'm getting distracted, but our town, I think the... the, the Total population, like, I don't know, like 100,000 people down there. Uh, the peak Christmas was 1,200,000 in the Christmas period. We didn't like these people until God changed our hearts. Yeah? And I remember you get dragged out behind the waves and you start to lose your breath. And every time you lift your head, there's another wave that hits you in the face. And you're Legs get tired and you struggle to get your head out of water, above the water. I've seen surfers rush to rescue swimmers. 
I've seen the life gods have to jump into the water. We've seen it over and over again. We lived in a kind of a smaller place and sought so much. But when you're going down, you put your hand up, right? You put your hand up and you hope a life saver sees your hand. And if you can keep your hand above the water just long enough to let someone recognize that you're needing help, then they'll swim out of the water and they will save you. They'll save your life. Swim you back onto the beach. And there comes a time in everybody's life where we realize the need for a Savior. We sang it this morning. Every season comes the time where I've got to put up my hand and say, I'm going down. I cannot keep my head above the waves any longer. I've tried. I'm standing on my throne and I still can't catch my breath. I put my hand up and I need a Savior. And often we receive the Savior quicker because it's all about I'm going down. I'm, 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 I'm. But in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is the Messiah, the Lord. The problem with humanity is many of us will welcome a Savior. Save me from my predicament. But we will resist the Lord. That word capital L, kurios in the original, it speaks of the Lord of the manor. It speaks of the king of a country, the, 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 the owner of a, 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 a property. And friends, I want to ask you this morning, if you're sitting on your throne, and maybe the circumstances have knocked you and you're putting your hand up and say, I need a savior. Jesus, save me. I want to ask you this morning, he can't just be savior if he won't be Lord. He hasn't come to pander to you and I to make us feel a little better. To there, there, touch our feelings and make us cope with life. He comes to take over the throne in our lives. He wants to be king and to install his kingdom into our lives and usher us into his kingdom. That's what he wants to do. So let's have a look at some parables of the kingdom Jesus spoke of uh, so many things. You see, because the king's domain is where the king's government extends and his influence is responded to. America's got a problem at the moment. Everyone's making allegations about the president. They do it every president, but nevertheless. Yeah? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about Donald Trump in church. I watched a little video of him talking about the Chinese uh, president, ruler, uh, whatever he is. And he said, look, I might not like the guy. I might not agree with his politics. But he is an absolute ruler. Yeah? Understands the authority that a king has. And so you might say, well, Craig, okay, king, I understand. But what is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is where God is king. It's that simple. And so you may well be, the king. The kingdom of God might be here this morning. I hope it is. It might be partly here. It might be all here. Where God is king is where the kingdom is. Where his rule and authority, where his government extends to. Whoever is sitting on the throne, that's whose kingdom it is. It might be your kingdom. It might be his kingdom. I'm trusting Jesus will usher you into his kingdom. Jesus said to his hearers, he said, the kingdom is, is near. He says it is at hand. It's good news. 
It's advancing forcefully. He said, the kingdom is the children's. I love that. He says, the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. His hearers battled to understand what he was saying. So he spoke some parables, which are stories to illustrate a point. He told the story of the sower. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a sower who sowed seed. The seed is good, but it depended on where the seed landed, whether the seed would germinate or not. And he ended that story with, with this. He said, the cares, the pleasures, and the uh, love of this world distract us from the seed. He spoke about wheat and weeds. He said, sometimes the wheat and the weeds grow up together. Have you ever wondered why the people around you that don't like, know Jesus seem to do better than you? Because you're growing next to the weeds. The wheat and the weeds grow together. And he says, at the end of time... The harvest will come and the weeds will get thrown into the fire and the wheat will be gathered into the harvest. And so I want to say to you this morning, take courage because it might be that you've got some weeds around you, but the end will come and his reward is with him. He spoke about the mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest seed in the garden, but it produces the biggest uh, shrub in the garden. And it's not about how much faith you have. It's about who your faith is in. He spoke about the yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. He says, just a little works through the whole dough. Works for good and evil. A little good influences the dough. A little bad influences the dough. He spoke about the kingdom of heaven being like a treasure and a pearl. And when they found the treasure, they sold everything to get that one treasure. We give up our throne gladly and say, Jesus, you sit on the throne of my life and I will be your subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoke about the kingdom of heaven being like a king settling accounts. And those who repent, accounts are forgiven. Spoke about the farmer hiring five times during the day. And the guy who got hired at the end of the day got the same pay as the guy who worked the whole day. You might think that's not right. I want to say there's hope for all of us. If we respond to Jesus when he calls us, man, we'll be like that uh, farmer hiring. He spoke about the, the kingdom of heaven being like a wedding banquet. The father sent out the invitations to all the fancy people in town. They all had excuses. Not one came. So he sent his servants out into the town. He said, go and find the people in the highways and the byways and bring them in to the wedding feast. Friend, you don't have to be in any category to be welcomed into Jesus' kingdom. You don't have to be special. You don't even have to be invited first. Maybe it's the end of the day, but there's still an invitation for you. There's still an opportunity for you to know this king and be ushered into his kingdom. The second thing this morning is it's easy for us to have misconceptions about the kingdom of God. In um, in Jesus' time, the Jews were thinking that he, they, the Jews were waiting for a Messiah to bring political change. The Pharisees were threatened that spiritual change was coming. And even those close to Jesus didn't always understand him. When the woman came to the tomb, they had the wrong preconceptions. The angel said to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Sometimes out of self-preservation, we think, if I can just follow Jesus, it'll preserve my life. Jesus said that he must be killed on the third day to be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and rebuked him. Never, Lord, you shall ne- this shall never happen to you. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You see, sometimes we think, Lord, preserve my life. But sometimes God wants us to offer our lives. 
The disciples thought the kingdom of God would come with privilege. Can I sit on your right hand and I sit on your left hand? I'll be the boss. (laughs) And Jesus said, who wants to be first must be very last. Finally, this morning, the third thing I want to say is that this is an advancing kingdom. An advancing kingdom. It's not just about Jesus hooking me up. Not just about a change of ownership. But it's about the fact that Jesus' kingdom advances and I get to be part of it. When they crucified Jesus, it says in John 19, 19, Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened it to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews who read the sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin and Greek, the three most spoken languages in the world at the time. It's the equivalent of Mandarin English and Hindustani. Nearly three billion people speak those three languages. The point is that even at Jesus' crucifixion, the kingdom was advancing because the whole world was announced through a pagan ruler that this is the king of the Jews. Friends, there's room in the kingdom for everyone. If you will make room on the throne for Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 24 verse 14, a beautiful verse. It said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Friends, there's an agenda for planet Earth. Jesus Christ giving His own life so that you and I could be freed from our sins, have a change of ownership, and be ushered into the kingdom of God. You see, when I'm the king of my life, I'm not part of the kingdom. When I try and share the throne with Jesus, and I only want a savior and not a king, I'm not part of the kingdom. But when he becomes king of my life, and I, a willing subject, the kingdom has come. You know, the same crowds that welcomed Jesus on the Monday Shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They throwed their cloaks before him, remember, on the, on the donkey. The same crowds on Monday, on Friday, were shouting, crucify him. The same crowds, you see, because they weren't in the kingdom. They were impressed. They even called him the son of David. But he wasn't their savior and he wasn't their Lord. And you and I can marvel at the kingdom. We can be impressed. Sure, that person, wow, Mother Teresa, what a wonderful example of a person. We can be impressed by spiritual people and still be on our own throne and still not be in the kingdom of God. The same crowds that welcomed Jesus shouted crucify him. They wanted a savior, not a lord. A king, but not a kingdom. Can I remind us this morning as we begin the series, King and Kingdom, That in the heart of every person is a throne. There's only room for one on that throne. And it's up to every individual to decide, will it be me or will it be another? And if it's another, who will that be? Will it be Jesus? Let's pray. Jesus, you so loved the world. That the Father sent you. 
take on human form, live a life, and then be crucified in our place. To pay the price for the guilt of our sins. That we have the opportunity to make you our king and to be ushered into your kingdom. Father, this morning I pray, everyone here, that we would make that shift, Lord. Pray for the guys online this morning and those that watch this in the future. I want to ask you this morning, if you're seated on your throne, will you abdicate this morning? Will you allow the leadership of your life to shift from you and your own best ideas and let Jesus the King take residence on that throne? This morning I'd love to pray for you. If you've never met Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, be my king, then you can just put your hand up where you are and I'll pray for you. That's all I'll ask. That's great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray that we would be given over to you in every way. I pray, Jesus, when we are tempted to take over the reins again, We're tempted to jump back on the throne, lead our own lives. Please remind us, Lord, that you are the king and we are part of your kingdom, not the other way around. I pray, Jesus, that you would lead us this week to a deeper understanding, a revelation like we read of you as the king seated on your throne. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Guys at home, thanks for being with us. Great to have you. We've got the kids to come in. We're going to say goodbye to the guys online. The kids are going to end the meeting while the video plays. So, especially for the moms. And then we're done. We'd love you to come and have some coffee and tea and some rusks with us in the courtyard afterwards.